0: When your relatives have found a tried and true method of success, it may be hard to strike out on your own path to innovation. But innovation may lead to new, interesting ways to achieve your goal. The crab spider does just that. They put on a colorful coat and venture off the beaten web. But this little arachnid faces challenges and vulnerabilities that her spider kin never encountered. But such is the nature of nature. The nature of life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. And I'm Joe. And I am Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, visit Cassie Michelle on YouTube by typing in Cassie Michelle on YouTube. Uh, Today we're talking about a spider that sat down beside a pretty flower, expertly showcasing a poetic light and dark
1: juxtaposition. But more on that later. Hmm interesting (laughs) uh yeah we're talking about uh the the crab spider specifically the pink crab spider which we're gonna call here the well i mean they actually there is a nickname for it it's called the heather spider which sounds like a a personal jab at somebody (laughs) um but now i'll leave you to speculate but we're gonna call it Unless Heather loves spiders and
0: she's a spiderologist,
1: that's true. That's true. Uh, could go either way. <laughs> spiderologist. So uh, what we're gonna call it here? The Vibrant Vixen and the the Frumpy Dumpling.
0: <laughs> I don't know why it deserves that.
1: I don't know well, why it either, but it was. I really wanted to say it, so I did.
0: <laughs> I other pink dumplings.
1: No, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in uh, a bit. Okay. Um, the dumpling part. Uh, up until uh, starting to research f- for this, I thought that we when when you said oh, let's do the the crab spider, I immediately thought of these spiders that we have in South Florida. They 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 have these really wide. I mean, they're they're small, but comparatively, these wide white um, abdomens with these red horns coming out. Um, you see them all make, over the place down there.
0: And they make very very large webs very quickly yeah for such for a tiny size. spider
1: yeah um and it looks less like a spider i mean it just looked I, I, it's what i would describe as a crab spider but that's called the spiny orb weaver and is not a crab spider at all
0: that makes sense orb weavers means webs and webs mean no bugs get left behind
1: or forgotten or forgotten i jo- that, have that joke two episodes in a row. um <laughs> So let's taxonomize this dumpling. Uh, The kingdom, you know it, you love it, you're in it. It's that kingdom we all just are citizens of. It's Animalium. The phylum Hmm. is Arthropoda, not Anthropoda. I almost said that again. I think I've made that mistake before. I've made
0: that mistake before. Like a couple times.
1: Human foot. (laughs) Uh, The subphylum is Chelicerata, which every time we do a spider, I get to say one of my favorite words ever. Uh, it just sounds, I mean, we, we've we said it before, say it again. It sounds like uh, just a, a very f- friendly greeting in um, like a Western European romance language. Um, and that Julie Andrews would sing an entire song about it in a 60s musical.
0: How many Western European romance languages are there?
1: Uh, I can think just of French. I can think of four. Italian, Spanish, Portuguese, and French.
0: I I, I guess... I wasn't thinking of it. Italy as Western.
1: It's West. That's Western Europe.
0: I guess it is. Yeah. Basically, not, basically on it's the it's not uh, a stand, I, so it's Western.
1: Any anything on the other side of the Iron Curtain was Western Europe. On the other side of Berlin. Um. So yeah, subphylum is Serrata. This cl- the class is Arachnida. Uh, the order is Araneae. The Infra order is Aranium and the family is Thomasiday. Good good for you Thomas. I wonder you if ever
0: he- go against the family.
1: Nothing. <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> is that a godfather reference? A little bit. Uh, i am wondering I wonder if Thomas and Heather knew each other. I, I, I hope go, so. All right, I'm going to name the whole family of spiders after me, but I guess you can have the nickname of the spider Heather. Um <laughs> genus is Thomasus, so he even went as far as to name the, the, the genus after himself. Um, and the species is Onustus. So Thomasus Onustus. Pretty cool. I guess. I like that name. Um, sounds like a person. Thomasus Onustus?
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a Greek person. A biblical yeah. Greek person.
1: Yeah, someone named after doubting Thomas himself. But... Now it's time for my favorite part of the show, which I've had to be a little bit creative with uh, over the episodes, and I'll have to do that again this time. But it doesn't mean it's any less my favorite. And that part of the show is Critter Groups. Part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question. That question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? Or what is the term of venery? Or what is the collective noun? All the same. We have done spiders in the past. I think we've actually done spiders twice since the introduction of uh, critter groups. So um, uh, I'm counting on your memory not being that great. And uh, I'm gonna So let's. Uh, hence these an- these these choices for you. If you saw a group of spiders, would you call them a a scatter of spiders, b a clutter of spiders, c a skitter of spiders, or d a clatter of spiders? <laughs> So it's either scatter, clutter, skitter, or clatter. And uh, in doing this, I hope that you uh, have effectively forgotten what the answer was.
0: A skitter is very, very, very good for me. Uh, I mean, they just do that. I always find myself in this trap. Do I go with the thing that really, really makes sense? Or do I go with the typical term of venery thing, which is to go for the weird not making sense thing? It could really go either way. But I think it's a Clutter. No. Say that. Say them again.
1: Scatter, clutter, skitter, and clatter. I feel like Dr. Seuss.
0: I had just whatever. Let's go with skitter. It has to be skitter. If it's not skitter, they sh- they messed up.
1: Final answer. Final answer. Incorrect. I got you. Clutter. It's clutter. Yeah. yeah.
0: Was, dang it! I should have went with my instinct. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, and yeah, we've had to say clutter uh, before. So, um finally it, came up against the like okay, it, what do I do?
0: <laughs> you really you really helped yourself by making them all very similar words. Yeah.
1: This is this was it on absolute hard mode. This is on legend Halo's legendary mode.
0: <laughs> this is like uh, I was the victim of a, of a crime. And then all of the people were lined up, and I'm behind the glass, and they all look really similar.
1: They're all so it's like they're all wearing hoodies and snapback hats and uh, and glasses and uh, and you just you're like, well, they're, they're all they're all the perpetrators. Here. It's
0: like all the usual suspects were twins.
1: <laughs> Which of these octuplets was the person who stole your? pokemon cards
0: (laughs) uh is that what you've got for that
1: yeah so let's talk about uh the range we have find out where this guy lives um and that's in the Palearctic region which is essentially the northern half of the eastern hemisphere so kind of from portugal to japan but not in really in southern africa it does live in North Africa, though. So it lives in in Egypt. It lives in the Middle East. Um, but then it kind of yeah spans the the rest of the north half of uh, that the the Eurasian continent. Uh, specifically, it likes warm, dry, grassy areas. So I'm surprised it's not in more of Africa.
0: Meadows. Uh, it it likes it likes meadows.
1: Yeah, it does. It doesn't like cold or necessarily. Overly humid areas. Uh, All right, so let's talk about what what this looks like because that's a a big part of this particular spider. So, when it comes to shape, it looks like a spider turned a cootie catcher into its home, like a hermit crab. Uh, It has a broad, round cephalothorax, which is the the head. Spiders have two sections instead of uh, insects that have three. So usually, uh, you know, insects have the head, the thorax, the the abdomen. With spiders, the head and thorax are combined into the cephalothorax. So the uh, it's a you know big round kind of sp- typical spider cephalothorax. It's attached to this huge comparatively uh, opisthosoma, which is the abdomen. The only difference between an opisthosoma, a spider's opisthosoma, and the abdomen of any other uh, any insect, is that the heart and lungs are in the in the opisthosoma. But you can consider it the abdomen. Um, And so this opisthosoma has pronounced corners sticking out, which makes it look like a delicious pork dumpling. (laughs) And it it has eight legs, like all spiders Um, but its two front legs are a lot longer and more powerful than the rest um, which gives it a distinct shape and look and if you look really closely and get some if you look at some pictures of of close-ups it has an angry ridge that forms a V-shaped eyebrow monobrow on top of its head now in pictures you can see two eyes facing front facing forward and then two eyes that are on the corner of the V. Um, so it looks, yeah, it has these, has four eyes in front that kind of, yeah, form this form this V. And I could never find a picture of the other four eyes. And so I was like looking up like, oh, um, does it have only four eyes? Do all spiders have eight eyes or is that, and apparently some spiders don't have eight eyes, but this is not one of the cases. Um, it has eight eyes. The other four are on the other side of this pronounced V-shaped uh, eyebrow ridge. So, according to Truly Nolan, the company dedicated to exterminating spiders, um, <laughs> they have 360 vision at all times. They can look at both in front and behind and to the side. Which I have no idea what that e- what processing that kind of image would even look like in a spider's tiny tiny little brain yeah so i guess it's really using those eight eyes to the best use possible because all other spiders have all of their eyes like you know facing forward or maybe a little bit to the side um but you know if you have eight eyes might as well get the full picture right mm. yeah um but i spider's eyes are incredibly complicated and some of them are do very specific tasks to all work together to form the picture that the spider sees so um uh, I think we've talked about that in those spider episodes. I guess there's only one more question to ask. What is it like to eat? So, uh, <laughs> No. Let's talk about how big it is. Oh, oh yeah. How big I is a spider?
0: Uh, welcome to the beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show that's when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you. When you send an audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering, the words measure up, into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com we have a very very special measure up intro this week would you like to tell us about because it i have i do i
1: I do i do happen to know about this one uh yeah so this is you'll be hearing the the voice of my son mason uh and mostly you'll be hearing the voice of my wife trying to coax just sounds out of him he's just he's, he's seven weeks old he's just now starting to do things other than um cry grunt and fart so <laughs> um now he's starting to actually make adorable baby sounds and uh we're we're eating it up we gobbling it up it's great i love it um so let, let's tune in <laughs> let's, in t- on, let's in tune in to him trying up. to say measure up
0: let's listen to some of his Earliest baby sounds. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show.
1: Mason, say, measure up, measure up. There you go. Measure up. You heard it, folks.
0: <laughs> he he ha- He sounds so like he cute. has your disdain for this uh, this segment.
1: He's is gr- groaning under <laughs> under the uh under the, the the idea of having to go through it um and I, I will i will train him right i will groom him to hate this <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll train him up in the ways so he should go um i mean ad-
1: admittedly it yeah i mean it's about as close to me- the words measure up as uh we're gonna get if those were his first words ever i would be um so forever sk- forever scarred <laughs> also incredibly <laughs> impressed <laughs> yeah, that would be a mixed emotions. You know, so babbling and you. cooing to you know making complex consonant sounds. Measure—that's <laughs> a tough word to say.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially since it has an R, and those are notoriously difficult. Yeah,
1: and the for sh French speakers and babies for basically anybody who doesn't uh, have and sp- Asia speak American, uh, even. Even other English speakers have a hard time with R. We're just... Uh, That's true. It's us and the Irish that that use the R like that.
0: Well, thank you, Mason, and thank you, Bibby, for securing such a wonderful measure-up introduction. Now that we're here, let's talk about female body length.
1: It's a treat. I actually feel better about this now that I've heard that. <laughs>
0: uh, they are 6 to 7 millimeters long, or 0.24 to 0.28 inches. How many female... Crabs, spiders, spider crabs, crab spiders. No, not spider into the crabs.
1: <laughs> spider crabs are very different.
0: <laughs> May- way bigger. How many of them go into the width of the world's largest flower? It, uh, uh-huh. Here's a hint. Rafflesia arnoldii has, some, has the largest bloom in the world. That's the name of the flower. The plant grows in Indonesia, and it's a parasitic plant. It attaches to a host plant and saps it of water and nutrients.
1: I'm picturing like this James Cameron's Avatar world giant flower that like eats humans if they fall into it. Um I mean it, it, it looks like the bloom on top of a
0: Venusaur. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it really does. Huh, okay. Well, that helps, I think like kind of a big f- for some reason hibiscus. for a
0: split second my brain was like don't say that that's too good of a hint they're like wait what <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's too good of a hint because um, I I spend a lot of my time around Venusaur's, uh, and I do know <laughs> happen to know exactly how big their the blooms on their backs are I'm going to say that's a foot because that w- if I saw a flower that was a foot across that would be the biggest flower I've ever seen I think mm, oh maybe not Banana trees have that like really big flower. I'm gonna stick with it. No, no, nope. two feet, two feet, two feet. I'm gonna say about a hundred.
0: About a hundred crab spiders. Final answer.
1: Yes. 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 Yes.
0: The correct answer is 129 crab spiders. Oh my! The bloom can be three feet
1: across. Big boy. Why was I so close? <laughs> <Is that laughs> I did my know. math wrong. Oh, yeah. Wow, that is a huge flower. I would be afraid of it. I wouldn't want to put my hand near it. Otherwise, I'd get sucked in and slowly digested.
0: And it looks like it has, like, little spikies in the middle. Uh, let's talk male body length. There is some sexual dimorphism in terms of size, as is common with spiders. They're between 2 and 4 millimeters and 0.079 and point zero, 0. One five seven inches. How many male crab spiders go into the length of Bulgaria's
1: border? Wait, what are we going with? The the range of sizes. Oh, we're
0: going with the upper upper end of normal, which is four millimeters or zero point one five seven inches. Zero point one five seven.
1: Bulgaria's border. So,
0: Bulgaria's border. Here's the thing. Here's a hint. When talking about the length of a border, uh, especially one with a coastline like Bulgaria, you are going to run into something called the coastline paradox. So, for instance, several organizations measured the length of the United States coastline and came up with several wildly different answers. That's because a coastline is never actually straight. The closer you zoom in, like on a map, the curvier each section becomes so if you measure a coastline in miles it will be a lot shorter than if you measure it in inches the coastline paradox means the coastline's length depend uh, depends on the length of the unit you measure it with
1: that that's not possible <laughs> so here's
0: why if you measure in a mile you're smoothing out like a long a, a lot of like jagged coastline you're making it straight.
1: <laughs> i I no, because I'm. I'm firmly against relativism.
0: <laughs> it's not relativism. It's just the fact that it's in, 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 in like, impractical to measure a coastline in very, very, very tiny units of measurement.
1: So one's just so an estimation. The, the other your one guess is, is, a, is an actual uh, measurement, because you're using the smaller unit, it's easier to measure.
0: Right. So even if your guess is way off, it still might be right. And no matter what, it will still be wrong.
1: <laughs> um, all right. So Bulgaria is... The, so we're talking about the entire length around it. To walk around the exact border and then come back to the spot you were standing. Right. Bulgaria is medium-sized, if I remember right, in terms of European countries. Uh, so I have no idea. <laughs> no, no clue. Uh, well, I'll say, f- uh, I mean, all the way around 3000 miles. Mm, no, nope, that's not right at all. I'm going to say 1000 miles.
0: Have you ever heard of fractals? Yeah. Like snowflake fractals? Yeah, like
1: non- non-linear equations. Yeah. Chaos so theory? it has
0: something to do with fractals. It's like a math thing. It's one of those things where math is like, uh, you know,
1: it's chaos theory. It's what Jeff Goldblum uh, majors in, in, uh, in the, uh, in Jurassic Park.
0: So there's a, a measurement measuring a snowflake in like is a, is a thing in fractal mathematics where the closer you get the, to the edge, to the surface, the the smaller you go like down to the atom. If you measure the amount of atoms, then it will be way longer than if you just measured it in, like, centimeters.
1: That sounds like a theory because you can't see atoms.
0: Exactly. Well, the the principle is there. The smaller you go, the longer the thing will be in totality because there's so many little jagged edges.
1: Right. So the, the, the proper answer is whatever um, the smallest unit that you can measure.
0: Yeah, that would be the so most. So that is the um, yeah,
1: it is the most accurate. It's it is not simultaneously one length and another length. It's like if you no, it's not. If you had a you know like a, but it's just it's a big problem
0: with measuring coastlines is the issue.
1: So I what I say a thousand thousand miles. All right, my answer is so there's a, there's zero point one five seven in inches. Um, so my answer is thirty three million six hundred and thirty five hundred and seventy three.
0: The correct answer is 561 million, 250,000.
1: I got the right number of uh, digits, Seven. Yeah. Uh, six digits.
0: The, the coastline is about 2,245 kilometers or 1,395 miles.
1: Well, that was pretty close. I mean, not great. It was. <laughs> I mean, and it, and it could be accurate That's for all lot. we know.
0: That's all I got for Measure Up.
1: All right, so I got a couple of fast facts, and we you can you can hiss with a major fact. Um, so, this the crab spider loves to eat uh, flower visiting insects like butterflies, bees, and even wasps. Um, being able to take down prey that is much larger than itself with its very powerful legs. Um, kind of making it look like a crab. I mean, it uses its legs like pincers to grab um, prey. So, you know, you're like, hey, look, a crab. Oh, whoa, whoa, that's a spider, crazy. Um, And then the second fast fact is that females never show any aggression during or after mating, which normally would not be an interesting fact, but it is if you're a spider because most spiders, uh, the male does not end up um, in a very good position during or after mating, um, they're usually on the menu. So uh, it's you know it's an, it's a, it's a, hmm. a it's a tough break for those spiders, but a nice little uh, pass for the crab spider. And that's all I got.
0: Okay, let's talk about the major fact, which I am calling webless wonder. Ooh. So spiders are known for building webs, and their web crafting ability. But many species of spiders don't build webs at all. Uh, however, they don't have uh, these boys. The crab spider doesn't have the amazing jumping abilities that jumping spiders have. So hunting down prey isn't really a great option either. Instead, they like uh, like their web-building kin. They lie in wait for prey. But they don't trap them. They ambush them.
1: Hmm.
0: So where's the best place to ambush a bug? Why, a flower, of course. But this method presents two problems. One, a flower is raised and fairly exposed to other predators that can eat a spider, like birds, and it's also visible f- to prey. Right? It's like it's it's high up, and you're you're out there for the world. To Prey's see. gonna be like, oh, I'm not issue, landing on
1: that flower. It looks like it's got a spider on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's got a it's spider flower. We don't do that. We don't do that in this no, house. No, no. Uh, the second issue is that flowers might attract some dangerous game, like bees and wasps. So, the crab spider solves the first problem through camouflage. Blending into a flower means donning some brilliant colors. Crab spiders come in, a, in bright yellow, stark white, and in the case of the pink crab spider, a pale pink. Um, and then you mentioned... To me, that there are there are crab spiders that actually change color.
1: Yeah, it's, I was looking because uh, I was trying to figure out the source of the the color, um, and I don't know about the this particular crab spider, but the Misumena Vatia Vatia um, crab spider can change its color by secre- secreting a yellow liquid that it. Uh, Pumps throughout its its carapace, so it's usually white um, with kind of like red uh, lines across it. And then it can, over the course of like three weeks, fill its body with this um, or its its exoskeleton with this yellow dye, essentially, and uh, and then be able to blend in with a bright yellow flower. Um, and uh, it takes about six days for it to decide. To, after it decides to not be yellow anymore to go back to being white by, ex, by expelling <laughs> the, the yellow liquid.
0: That's a dangerous game as well. Because if you're like, let's get onto the grass and you're just bright yellow for six days.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I guess the answer is never get on the grass.
0: <laughs> Always be on yellow. So then to sit on vibrant flora unseen... The spider might sit on top of a, uh, a flower completely motionless until opportunity strikes. Or, or they may lurk on the underside of flowers for more cover. So they're capable of taking down much larger animals, including wasps and bees. Uh, to do this, they keep them at arm's length. A very long arm's length, to be precise. Crab spiders have extra long front arms that they use for grabbing onto prey and wrestling them into position for a kill bite on the back of the neck. How very large predator of them to do.
1: Yeah, that's like what a um, lion
0: does. Uh, but even with these tools, this can be a challenging hunting method. They try to catch a... F- it's like trying to catch a fly with chopsticks. And I watched a video. Mr. Miyagi did it. Of the yellow one. He did do it. So it's not impossible. It's just difficult. Uh, because somebody in a movie Yeah, did right. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> spiders can make several attempts where they get their little spider claws onto prey, only for it to get away. Uh, however, on a sunny day, a, on a bright flower, they have plenty of opportunities. I watched a video of a little yellow spider trying to catch bees and wasps and flies that were, like, buzzing around his flower. And he... Got a hold of them se- like several different times, and they got away. And it's just like, man, maybe this doesn't work so well. Maybe you we should go back to web building.
1: <laughs> well, it's like a, it's like a, you know, a, a a bear that's going to the salmon run for the first time, just having a real tough time catching those salmon. You'll get it.
0: But there's so many opportunities that it's worth. Right. Yeah. It.
1: It's not about making every opportunity count. They can be lazy. Um.
0: So then, because they have the most opportunity on a bright, sh- sunshiny day, the challenge becomes surviving through periods of rain and bad weather. So, a study in 1989 found that crab spiders can feed on nectar and pollen when inste- insect prey is scarce. They found that spiderlings that fed on nectar and pollen had a much better survival rate than ones that went through starvation periods with no supplementary food sources. So that's pretty interesting. Not not a huge food source for spiders usually. Yeah,
1: that's not... It's like a herbivore. It's an omnivorous spider.
0: Yeah, but I think when
1: there's a lot of bugs around, they're not going to touch the pollen. But that's all I got. Well, yeah, um, I have a couple things. One is that um, some of the members of this species... Again, we, c- we couldn't solidify whether or not they were um, they were able to change their color. Um, you know, I-, I read that they often adapt to the environment, but, th- or the- their color is often adapted to the environment, but I don't know if that means if they change their color on the fly, like the uh, Misumenivadia that we talked about earlier, or if certain breeds prefer, prefer certain species of flowers, um, and then so just like through normal adaptation, they end up taking on the color of that flower because the more of that, the the more like that flower you are, the more camouflaged you are, the more likely you are to 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 be able to catch prey. So still not sure about that. Couldn't find any info, um, but there are. A, at the very least we know that there's like there's a lot of different colors um one being white with some yellowish brown streaks which really solidifies that chic dumpling look um but uh i think the pink one is the is the most interesting like just a a bright uh, like a hot pink crab spider (laughs) yeah um
0: I, i this is one of those situations where i saw a picture and i had to make (laughs) <laughs> make it work for an audio medium. Yeah. Because it was just so brilliant looking. People had to know about it, but I couldn't... You, you can't show them a picture. So yeah. you got to find the facts. And you go
1: tell them to look at the picture. But also yeah. you look... <laughs> go look at the picture. You look at these... Look
0: at Brian's picture. It's very good.
1: Yeah. Uh, you also look at some of these, this, these photos of the spiders and they are like the exact same color as the flower. They're not... It's not like, oh, this is yellow and this is just another shade of yellow. It's. I, I imagine that with a with those weird eyes that a the average bug has, um, it can be really really tough to see this this spider on the uh, on the flower. Um, the, I also read that there is a species of crab spiders that uh they're UV reflective. So I know we talked about UV in the last episode. Um, so, just take our knowledge from that, move right over to this one. Uh, so, where the flower absorbs UV light and the crab reflects UV light. Um, which, <clears throat> at first I was like, this seems dumb. Why would the crab reflect it? It, it, it? Then it stands out like a sore thumb to any insects that can detect it. Um, but, apparently, you this glowing UV beacon from the eyes of a... Um, Uh, uh, you know a a fly or a bee or something is it attracts attracts these bugs Um, so it's kind of like a weird anti camouflage and it's not something that we can see with a uv light they're not fluorescent or anything like that they just reflect uv light in particular while the flowers they're on just absorb it and so we'll never see since we can't see uv light Hmm. so yeah crab spiders are really interesting and that that the the Misumena vatia um, will imitate a flower. Like I'm looking at a picture right now of it just um, using two of its legs to grab onto the stalk of grass or something, and then using its other legs to kind of splay out to look exactly, you know, not exactly like a flower, huh. but if I was a if I was a dumb wasp or something like that, I would totally fall for it. <laughs> well. uh, got anything else? That's all I got. All right. So, for you out there in podcasting, take a look around you, put on your best colors, and make stopping to smell the flowers dangerous for bees and bugs like the crab spider here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy.
0: Hey, LDT listeners. Thanks for listening to the end of the episode. For your loyalty, you get a shameless self-promotion from us. If you haven't already, leaving a review on your favorite podcast app can really help us grow. But telling your podcast-loving friends about us is even better. Also, don't forget to send in your measure-up intros and animal suggestions to ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. As always, thanks most of all for listening. (laughs)
1: and make stopping to smell the flowers dangerous for bees and bugs like the crab spider here in life death and taxonomy
0: definitely don't do that we need the bees to pollinate (laughs) leave it to the spiders